The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everyone. We're so glad that you could join us. As always, I want to give a shout-out to my tweets, who are some of the most regular listeners that we have here at Go Green Radio, and they're constantly sending me tweets as we go through the show, and I'm hoping that you'll do the same. Now, folks, this show is very unique in terms of some of the guests that we bring on, some of the great topics that we cover, but today we have an extra special treat. For a couple of years now, you've heard the commercials for Covanta Energy as the sponsor of our show, sponsor of Go Green Radio. Well, today... We're going to get one of the folks from Covanta Energy to explain to us exactly what energy from waste technology is, what the benefits of it are, and uh, what we might be able to look forward to in the future. So this is really kind of an exciting thing. And if you have questions, naturally, you can email me those questions during the show at gogreenradio at gmail.com, or you can give us a call in. We'll give you that call in number in just a few moments. But first of all, it is my great privilege and honor and delight to bring my guest on. Her name is Meg Morris. She and I have been friends for quite some time. Meg, thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Jill, and always great to talk with you. Well, same here. And, you know, uh, you and I have known each other since 2002. Uh, At that time, you were the president of the National Recycling Coalition, and I had just begun to work on the Go Green initiative. And for folks out there who are listening to Go Green Radio, uh, if you want to check out what the Go Green initiative is, don't close this web web browser. Keep listening to us on voiceamerica.com. But open a new web browser and check out www.gogreeninitiative.org. And I often refer to the Go Green Initiative during the show, but this is where you can check it out. Well, back in 2002 when I first wrote it, I sought out some help because I wanted to create, you know, a big movement in school recycling. And fortunately, for about 2.2 million kids out there who are now recycling in their schools, Meg answered a cold call email that I sent out. I found the the National Recycling Coalition website, sent her an email, and said, what do you think of my idea? And she immediately responded in a very positive way. And, uh, you know, I would love, Meg, before we dive into what Covanta Energy is doing for the communities that you're in, let's first start and talk about the National Recycling Coalition. Some of our listeners might not be familiar with that. So could you give us some idea of what the organization is and what your involvement has been over the years? Sure. The The National Recycling Coalition uh, is, is, is uh, number one, that word coalition is really critical because we represent the, the public, the private the sectors, uh, not-for-profits, uh, Joe Homeowner, um, anyone, anyone at all who has an interest in recycling. 
And and the the uh, coalition has been around for over 20 years. It generally as as members, it has municipalities. It has businesses that, um, for instance, uh, someone who recycles uh, or, or manufactures products that have recycled content. But then it also has uh, folks who are in the solid waste industry. It might have the, the local hauler. Um, it might have the local landfill operator, or it could have a waste energy or energy from waste operators such as, such as Covanta. So it's really a very broad spectrum of uh, constituency. And, and what we try to do as a coalition is, is to find common ground among that very diverse constituency. And sometimes that's challenging, um, but, but overall um, it is a, uh, a good organization in that it can find common ground on many topics revolving around recycling and then move them forward uh, in the legislature, move them forward, whether it's state or national, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that, that's really um, its function, uh, is to kind of gather all of we people interested in recycling together in, in one boat and, and see if we can, we can get along and, and get some more things done uh, to recycle more materials. Well, and it's a great organization for a lot of reasons, many of which you just stated. But when I've gone to some of the conventions, I've found that it's a great place for uh, communities that have successful programs to share best practices. Uh, it's a great place for problems to be solved. And over the course of its you know, lengthy history, long before Green was cool, um, it's really been an organization that's helped to institutionalize recycling over a, a large scale rather than sort of the small, uh, just, you know, community by community sort of activists creating recycling opportunities. It's really helped to institutionalize it. But I have to say, you know, I've been to some of the NRC conventions. I've been to the conventions of some of your state affiliates, Texas, California, New York. But, you know, out of all the folks that I've met there, I haven't met very many people in the energy industry besides you, Meg, and maybe it's just because I didn't run into them. But from your perspective, having been in the energy industry for quite some time, talk about the collaboration between energy from waste companies and solid waste management folks and how that collaboration can be so beneficial. Well, um, one of the things... um uh, that that I have always believed in is, uh, and I got into solid waste management uh, quite by accident. And um, having been appointed chairman of a of the landfill in my local community when I was an elected official, but what I learned very early on is, in order to manage, you know, first off, we're all part of the problem. Every single right. one of us generates waste. Right. And and we, we try and reduce and reuse and recycle, but ultimately there is still material that needs to be managed in some other uh, some other fashion. And one of the things I learned early on is 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 that there's no one answer. It's it's an integrated any the, the the best answer is an integrated solid waste management system. And by that I mean that that yes, we work towards waste reduction. We work towards reusing things. I'm a very um, firm believer in reuse. Um, I believe that that a lot of things are are, uh, 
disposed of that that certainly have a, a better and higher use through reuse. There's certainly recycling, there's composting. And then it always made sense to me that recovering the energy value of materials that you couldn't reduce, reuse, or recycle made more sense than just storing them in a landfill right. and saving them for some future generation um, to deal with. <laughs> well, and, you know, you and I saw each other a couple of years ago. We've seen each other since then. But, you know, speaking of that very issue of landfilling, things that can't be or haven't been reduced, reused, or recycled, recycled I was speaking at a climate change conference um, in Tallahassee, Florida. And actually, I think Covanta Energy was one of the co-sponsors of that uh, event. And I was talking about how landfills uh, become a hole to bury garbage in. But one of the Floridians who was at the conference corrected me and said, you know, our water table in Florida is very high. We can't really dig a hole to bury the garbage in. And in fact, the highest point above sea level in a lot of counties in Florida is the landfill. And I just found that so tragic. Um, I'd love for you to explain to our listeners how a Covanta energy plant can help in that kind of situation. And walk us through the cycle of, you know, from everything from when we put our, our waste materials out on the curb to the Covanta plant and what happens along that cycle. Well, and, and uh, I am happy to do that. I, I do that actually on a regular basis with folks to, to help them <laughs> to understand because most, most people, when you ask them, okay, what happens to your garbage? Well, sometimes actually you get a blank look, and, and then they, they start to think and they go, oh, okay, well, I put it out at the curb, and, and so then what, what happens then? Oh, well, the garbage man picks it up. Well, where does he take it? And unfortunately... Most people don't know, um, right. and and so it's, it's I consider it part of my job to help educate them, and and let them know where their garbage does go. So what happens is, um, yes, the waste goes uh, curbside, or folks uh, in rural communities drop it off at a, a convenience station, um, and the material is then transported to um, if they're if they're lucky, it goes to uh, one of Covanta's energy from waste facilities. And uh, when it gets there, it goes across the scale. Um, it goes through a, a radiation detect, detection unit to make sure that there's nothing uh, radioactive in the materials. And then it is dumped on the tip, what we call the tipping floor. And these are uh, the trucks can be just a regular, um, what folks think of as a regular garbage truck, so a packer truck. Or it can be a uh, coming from a community that has a drop-off center, and it could travel in this big 100-yard travel trailer. But regardless, it comes in. It's tipped on our tipping floor. Uh, the the uh, plant manage, uh, the plant operators are watching the trucks as they tip, um, because in many states uh, there are things that are banned from going into our, our facilities. Um, I'll use a television as an example. That's a good visual for everybody. So we, mm -hmm. we're taking a look at the waste as it's tipped on the floor. We're pulling out things like a television, a bike that might uh, get caught up in our equipment, things that we don't necessarily want to go through our whole process. Mm -hmm. So now when we have this material, the material that we want to combust, it goes into it goes into a hopper 
It then goes into our combustion chambers, and uh, Covanta has about uh, 44 uh, energy from waste facilities here in the United States. Uh, we have a, a variety of technologies, so I'm going to speak kind of generically here, but it goes into a combustion chamber where the temperatures, you know, are in the, I'm going to say, uh, 16 to 1800 degree range where the material is actually then burned through the combustion process. It's chemically changed. The, the burning is, is then uh, creating steam, which then is then going through a turbine that is turning very rapidly that produces the electricity that is then put out on the local power grid. That's just, right. That's that's sort of the front half, and and right. then the back half is all of the air quality control equipment. Well, and um, I definitely want to talk about that, you know, as we move through the segment. Talk about, um, because I visited, you know, some of your plants, and I've, I've been very impressed with what I saw on the back end, and I definitely want our listeners to understand what happens on the back end. But before we go to commercial break, I want to give everybody one last image. If before that truck comes to the Covanta Energy Plant, it's been through what's sometimes called a transfer station where recyclables are pulled out, then what you're dealing with, uh, and that often happens where we find Covanta Energy Plants, is that all of these recyclable materials have been already pulled out. That's the optimal uh, situation. And all of the things that are going to the Covanta Energy Plant would have gone into a landfill. And we're about to hear how that material decreases in volume and and what happens on the back end. So don't go away. We'll be right back in just a few minutes after this commercial break. News. Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Haiti has been hit hard by a deadly earthquake. Destruction is everywhere. Tens of thousands are feared dead and hundreds of thousands are homeless without food, water, and basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene, but your support is urgently needed to help us save lives. Please give as much as you can now. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. You can even donate $10 right now by texting the word SAVE from your cell phone to 20222. Please give now. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everyone. So glad that you could join us, as always. Today, our guest is Meg Morris. Besides being one of my BFFs in the solid waste management, energy from waste world, she is actually my mentor in many ways. When I first wrote the Go Green Initiative, which is the program that landed me in this job as your Go Green Radio host to begin with, uh, Meg was one of the first people that really seemed to get my vision, what I wanted to do in terms of creating a very ubiquitous worldwide environmental education plan uh, that people could get involved with for free. At that time, Meg was the president of the National Recycling Coalition, and she's just been such a, a great guiding force throughout the last few years, and I appreciate her on so many levels. But uh, today she's coming to us as someone who is in the energy from waste field. She works for Covanta Energy. And before we went on commercial break, she was helping to explain to us how the cycle of uh, energy from waste works from curbside to the plant and what happens on the front end and the back end. We had to go to commercial break, so we cut her off a bit. But, Meg, I want you to go ahead and finish that, that vein, that story, because this is really the crux of our interview today. Okay, well, and and one thing I'm I uh, I kind of jumped when you when you had me uh, talking about what happens at the curbside and and sort of where does the garbage go. One of the things that I like to stress truly all the time, and people who know me well know that I do this. Um, the three R's come first. 
the waste reduction, reuse, and recycling. So while there may be that garbage bag on the curb, hopefully there's also those recycling bins on, on the curb as well because those materials that, that have been identified as, as recyclables in virtually every community in the United States are things that should be recycled because they have a higher value. The, the value of the material itself can be used again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So those materials should be removed before we get the rest of the stuff, if you will, which is what I call ha- common kitchen garbage. Um, if you just think about your kitchen garbage can for a second, it has uh, the the non-recyclable plastics. It has the the odd uh, um, the old dish rag you're throwing away because it's 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 worn out. It has the the sponge. It has some food waste if you're not composting, et cetera, et cetera. So and then it has all those other things that that are not traditionally recycled. Um, an old mm-hmm. chair, that kind of material. That's what goes into our waste-to-energy facilities. Or, and, and so, uh, again, I just want to do, because we do the four R's. <laughs> we do reduce, reuse, recycle, recover energy. Uh, that's, that's how our hierarchy goes at, at uh, Covanta Energy. But what I was, I had gotten you all through kind of the, uh, just a, again, a quick overview of the combustion, um, a, a very broad overview of the combustion process, and, and was talking about the back end. And the back end, there's really two pieces to the back end. One is the air quality control equipment, and the other is the ash that is uh, created through the combustion process. When, when um, we have a, a volume reduction of about 10 to 1, so if, if, if 10 tons go in, one ton comes out as ash. And, mm-hmm. and so, again, so there is, an, in addition to capturing the energy value and producing a product, being the electricity, out of this waste, we also reduce the the um, amount of material that that ultimately does have to go to a landfill. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other piece of the back end, and and actually at our facilities we pull metal out of the ash. So so yes, the ash you know we do have an ash waste stream ourselves, but mm-hmm. out of that we take both the ferrous and at many of our plants the non-ferrous uh, metals are removed as well. So that is something that we do that, for instance, landfills do not. If, if, if that same bag of garbage would go, to, would go to a landfill, the metal would just get you know, buried with the rest of the waste. At, at the waste energy or energy from waste facilities, we're able to remove that metal on, on the back end. And then what the other piece, the huge piece of the, of the back end is the air quality control equipment. Um, folks are concerned about, about what, you know, uh, what, Emissions do you have? In, in every single state, uh, we are um, obliged to, to abide by the EPA regulations, which are pretty stringent. And then in a lot of states, the states have opted to make their requirements even more stringent than the EPA. And then at Covanta, we strive to see can we be even you know how much how much better can we achieve below 
that limit that's already been established by the EPA or by the state. So we have a variety of pieces of equipment on the on the back end that uh, capture uh, that clean up the gases and then capture particulates um, uh, that that would be in the gases before they are emitted out of our out of our stack. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these uh, is, for instance, a carbon injection system. Uh, the carbon injection system is a way of, of controlling uh, the mercury uh, that, that could go out of our stack. Um, a lot of people don't realize it, but mercury, um, there, are, there are several ways to keep control over mercury, um, and, and we can control what is in our products and how we manage the end life of our products. But then there's some other um, ways that mercury gets into our atmosphere that I, I wish we had control over, um, and you'll be sensitive to this, Jill, forest fires um, oh, yeah. and, and, and volcanoes. Yeah. Uh, those are, they put quite a bit of mercury uh, uh, into our atmosphere. Um, wow. So those we can't control, but, but these we can. By using technology, we can, we can try and control uh, technology and education. We can control some of the... Um, you know, a lot of the emissions issues. Well, you know, and speaking of mercury, for a variety of reasons, mercury has been in the news lately. Um, but the one that I that comes to mind first is that when we hear Congress and the president talking about renewable energy, I've heard them bring up clean coal an awful lot. And that's been a, there's been a discussion about how much mercury is emitted from coal-fired power plants you know, since Covanta produces power as well, what are some of the ways that you manage mercury emissions? Well, the, from a technological point of view, um, the, the carbon injection system that I just spoke about has um, really significantly um, uh, increased the, the mercury capture rate at, at our facilities. Um, so we've got those installed on, on plants. But then we always say, well, okay, but if, if it didn't go in, maybe it wouldn't come out. And so, you know, we have, we have collection programs that we've established um, in and around near our facilities uh, throughout the United States. And, and just as an example, um, in 2009, we worked with quite a few communities and we're able to remove about 524 pounds of mercury. Wow. Um, th- yeah, that's a lot of mercury that, that is there. It's, it's out there. It's, you know, we're using it still in products in our homes, unfortunately. Um, things like thermostats, uh, thermometers. Um, there's all kinds of switches that have mercury in them. But what we did is we, you know, we identified this also as an issue, and we said, okay, the carbon injection system is great, but, gee, maybe we could do more. And so we instituted these mercury bounty programs. Um, again, last year we collected um, 6,150 thermostats um, and, 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 and where people would change out their old thermostat for a new digital thermostat, which also helped them save energy, by the way. Um, thermometers, another 3,000. And then on top of the collection programs, and whether we do them or the municipality where we're located or who brings their waste into us, we work collaboratively to, to try and remove as much mercury before it ever hits our tipping floor. The other neat thing we've done is um, to work with the Product Stewardship Institute on supporting 
mercury legislation, which uh, in some states uh, there's legislation that bans the sale of any mercury-bearing product. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of them ban, you know, have a disposal ban on mercury products. Well, we support this kind of legislation. It's it's important to us. And and again, you know, maybe maybe 30 years ago there wasn't a a um, a comparable product, but today there is. You you don't need a mercury th- uh, 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 fever thermometer any longer. Right, and digital's can can provide you with the same information. And so, you know, we work with folks on. You know, don't don't just throw that mercury thermometer away. Give it to us. You know, and and a lot of times we have uh, mercury exchange uh, thermometer exchange programs, et cetera. So I love that. I mean, hard. I think that's fantastic. And actually, you mentioned PRI. Uh, we're going to be having the executive director of PRI on Go Green Radio in a couple of weeks. Um, and and actually, I'm pretty excited to hear what he has to say about this very issue in terms of you know, keeping these kinds of materials out of the waste stream to begin with and all the various ways that we can all work together to do that. Uh, but I think it's really great that Covanta Energy isn't just dealing with it through in the back end. You're actually getting out on the front end of the problem and saying, hey, let's reduce these harmful environmental toxins before they even reach us. We'll deal with them when they get here to our tipping floor, but if we can be a part of the solution that helps you know, create a situation where they're never in the waste stream, even better. And I think that's very responsible of Covanta Energy. Well, folks, don't go away. We've got a quick commercial break, and then we're going to be back with more from Meg Morris of Covanta Energy in just a few moments. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? 
Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everyone. Lovely to have you, as always. And today we are joined by Meg Morris, who is the former president of the National Recycling Coalition. She's a board member for the Go Green Initiative, and she also works for Covanta Energy. And that's what we're talking about today, energy from waste. It's kind of a neat idea that our trash, after we've recycled all that we can, composted all that we can, and all the other things that would otherwise go into a landfill, can actually be turned into clean, renewable energy. I mean, I live in the state of California where we have some of the most stringent air emission and air quality standards in the country, and even still, uh, energy from waste is considered a clean, renewable energy source. Now, Meg, I've been hearing and everybody's been hearing the buzzwords over and over again in the last year or so about, uh, you know, creating green jobs in renewable energy. Uh, and everybody kind of talks about solar and they talk about wind, but it seems to me like Covanta has actually been creating green jobs for years. <laughs> I saw on one of the videos on your website that Covanta plants process 5% of the waste in the United States and turn it into clean energy. So this may be a bit difficult, but I'm going to ask you to kind of extrapolate and look into your crystal ball. Let's say that the U.S. decided that we were going to process, let's say, 30% of our garbage. Instead of 5%, we'd process 30% of our garbage into energy. How many green jobs would that create? Well, to um, Covanta has, uh, again, you're right, we have uh, 44 energy from waste facilities now. Um, we're, we're close to that 5%. We rounded out to 5% um, of, of the total um, MSW or municipal solid waste here in the United States. So to get to um, 30%, uh, I asked some of the guys to help me out a little bit on this, and, and um, they've advised me that we'd need to build 174 new 1,500-ton-a-day facilities. Waste and energy from waste facilities. Mm-hmm. Each of those facilities would employ about 50 full-time people. So we're talking, if we were to to get 30 get 30 percent, and gosh, that would be wonderful <laughs> of the waste. <laughs> um, it would be a total of about uh, 8,700 new green jobs, and that's just. 
thinking about the jobs at the plants, but that's right. That's there's, right. There's, there's even more in terms of the construction of those plants. Um, cause I know that even as the president has been talking about perhaps ramping up our nuclear, uh, energy portfolio, the green jobs wouldn't just be the people working at the nuclear plants, but the people who would be constructing the pipe fitters, the carpenters and all of those folks would be considered at that point green jobs because they would be building green energy plants. Exactly. So, and it takes about three years to, to build one of these facilities. They, they don't uh, sprout up overnight. Um, right. so, so we estimate that uh, it would be about 250 people construction jobs um, uh-huh. per facility for three years for each one. So, so when you start doing the math, it really does add up to, to quite a, a, a few green jobs. Um, and then that still doesn't even count. What generally happens is when these facilities are built, sometimes they're built on the fringe of a community, and, and then the community grows up around them, and they start putting in a, another restaurant, a, another supplier who supplies something that we use all the time at the facility. And so it's amazing how it is a, uh, a development tool, really, having right. one of these energy facilities. Um, now, I will tell you, Jill, that, that we haven't been quite as um, uh, aggressive. Um, we've, we've actually done some studies on, on uh, this whole concept of actually following the European model, and, and we used as an estimate that we might be able to target uh, 23% um, of the waste uh, coming into waste-to-energy facilities, and, and, we, and that would give us recycling at 65%, um, which, is, which is a double, over double what it is right now in the United States. Uh-huh. Um, so, so we were a little more conservative, but we are trying to follow the European Union's uh, waste management practices, which are really heavily promoting reduction, reuse, recycling, and recycling including uh, composting, and then recovering energy with a push towards minimizing landfilling. And, well, and here in the United States, our hierarchy um, uh, goes in that direction, but, but we tend to diverge from it. Um, and that's why right now energy from waste is only at about 5%. Well, and, and it makes sense why it would be more aggressive in the European Union. They are landlocked, so it's not like you can just drive a little further, dig a new hole, and create a new landfill when it becomes a landfill. Right now, it isn't in most states. Now, I know in the Northeast, it's a little bit more in your face than it is, say, out in California or Texas, where there's just simply more land. Uh, Even still, nobody wants to take up what could be good farmland or good land for building homes and schools with garbage. I think one of the things that's so attractive about energy from waste is not just that it creates clean, renewable energy, but that it actually removes a solid waste problem, which is the space in the landfills, and it also reduces carbon emissions and methane emissions. A lot of folks don't realize that landfills can be a tremendous source of methane, which you know isn't necessarily something that's going to cause asthma the way carbon emissions does, but it's actually a, a pretty potent greenhouse gas. 
And and energy from waste certainly addresses that issue as well. So it's kind of a twofer. You know, it's a win-win when it comes to not just creating the clean energy, but also removing some of the risks to the environment and to our standard of life that consistently landfilling so much will have. That's correct. That's correct. Well, I, I think, too, you know, when we're on the subject of buzzwords, one of the buzz phrases that we hear a lot these days is smart grid. Um, and besides helping to distribute energy in a more efficient manage, uh, manner, one of the key benefits that we keep hearing about of the smart grid would be to mitigate some of the difficulties associated with solar and wind power, which, as I understand it, is kind of the instability of electricity flow that's caused by intermittent sunny and windy conditions. How does energy from waste compare to that? Do you have the same sort of instability issues, uh, or is this a little bit more of a steady flow type of renewable energy? No, we're um, we're actually a pretty darn steady flow. Um, even even in in areas, um, uh, for instance, uh, up in uh, Oregon, we have a facility where the the community is doing, I believe, uh, somewhere between sixty and seventy percent recycling. But our facility still generates energy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we're mm-hmm. considered baseload power, um, where we don't have the instability that you you just talked about. But but one thing I want to stress here: there, there's there's really no one answer for energy. There's no right. one source for energy, and so we encourage wind power. We encourage solar power. We have windmill. We have a windmill up at one of our facilities and some of the other facilities are talking about the potential of, of maybe doing some wind or solar on their sites. Um, but as to as to the waste stream, because we do operate twenty four seven, we're always there producing power into the into the grids that we are tied into. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just it just keeps going, and, and we don't have that problem with the, the uh, instability. Uh, if if we were to look at a pie chart, Meg, of the U.S.'s current portfolio of renewable energy supply, you know, and that would include wind and solar and geothermal, what percentage of that pie chart would represent energy from waste? Where are we at? Right, right now we're at about um, 10% of the non, non-hydro renewables here in, okay. the, in the States. Now, based on the amount of waste that's generated per person in America, how much energy from waste could we produce? If there were a Covanta plant, I mean, what's the, I know that this is pie in the sky, but if there were a Covanta energy plant next to every landfill, what's the opportunity? How much renewable energy could we be producing based on how much waste Americans consistently generate? Well, I I think it it goes back to... um, the the European hierarchy that I was just uh, talking about, and and I'm going to talk about it more or respond in in energy savings, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because we we get into some really huge numbers here. <laughs> um, the 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 amount if if we were to have and uh, you know I would love this myself, but if we were to have a Covanta plant, you know, uh, in front of behind all the recycling, the, the re- waste reduction, reuse, and recycling, and in front of the landfilling, um, the amount of energy savings are, are 2.2 quads of energy saved. And a quad is a quadrillion BTUs. Mm-hmm. 
Now, to put that in perspective, here in America, we use roughly 100 quads annually. So we'd be saving about 10% of our energy imports. Whoa. So, I mean, it's really a huge, and and the whole energy issue today is just huge. Um, You know, again, here in America, if we're using 100 quads, well, you know, how many are they using over in China? Um, How many are they using in India where they're having these these, uh, technology booms? And, And so we certainly need to start looking for other um, other ways to produce energy. Um, there's a really neat um, uh, website that, that some of the listeners might be interested in. Uh, DOE tracks where all of our fuel comes from. Uh-huh. And, and it's, um, it's uh, I'll give them a plug, uh, <laughs> www.eia, which stands for Energy Information Administration, .doe, Gov. And they've got a lot of really interesting information on there. And, and, Meg, and again, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I'm on a hard break for commercial, unfortunately, so hold that thought for a second. Folks, don't go away. We're going to be right back in just a moment with more Go Greek Video. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? or 14%. Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote. And then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. As always, I'm glad that you joined us. Today we're talking about a very important topic. It's energy from waste, actually turning what it would be trash that would go into the landfill, things we can't recycle or reuse or compost, and turning that into clean, renewable energy. Uh, it's a hot topic these days where everybody's talking about renewable energy, and this is actually uh, not a new technology. Covanta Energy has been creating this kind of clean, renewable energy from waste for some time now. Um, but I, I also want to let you know, folks, that if you're a devoted Go Green Radio listener and you feel like, wow, I would love to have some people I know listen to this episode and, and they've missed it on our, our live show, don't fret because we're now syndicated. Go Green Radio can be heard on Tuesdays on the Green Talk Network uh, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon to 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. So don't fret. If you want your friends and your neighbors and anyone else that you think needs to hear about energy from waste, if you want them to hear about it, they can listen next Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific on the Green Talk Radio. Well, we are back with Meg Morris. She works for Cobianta Energy. She's a good friend of mine someone I really, really trust. And I want to ask her a question that one of our Go Green Initiative schools dealt with and actually won an award for back in 2008, and that is this issue of pharmaceuticals in our water supply. You know, in a lot of communities, people have no idea what to do with medicine that they don't need anymore, whether it's expired or they just don't need to take the medicine anymore. And, in fact, even my local pharmacy uh, didn't have a good explanation for me when I asked them what I should do with my daughter's expired asthma medicine. They said, just throw it away. They couldn't take it back, and neither would the doctor. I, I didn't have any other choice. Studies recently have shown that our rivers and our waterways are polluted with pharmaceuticals that people are either uh, just discarding or flushing down the drains in their home, which means that our drinking water could be contaminated. contaminated. And I noticed, Meg, that on the Covanta uh, website, you have a section called Covanta Secure Services. And the number one service that Covanta provides is pharmaceutical waste disposal. And personally, I find that really exciting because this could be the solution to what is a pretty widespread problem of pharmaceutical contamination in our water. Tell us more about how Covanta is rolling out that service, that solution, and how consumers can utilize that service. Well, there's actually there's two levels to it, and what you read on the website is, is what I would call the, the manufacturer's level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Covanta Secure Services has been uh, helping the pharmaceutical companies for, for many years now to avoid sending their um, their uh, unwanted product uh, to keep it out of the, keep it out of the landfills, so we've we've been doing that. We provide them with documentation, you know, cert- certificates of disposal, um, th- because they have to um, certify. They also have to certify to their certain agencies as to what they have done with medications that they are not. Um, you know, giving to you or selling to your local pharmacist for us 
to then buy and use. So, so there, there is that aspect of it. The other aspect, which, which we have recently started working on, and, and I don't think it's up on our website yet, but we realize through working with a lot of our communities that, that uh, people don't know what to do with it. They, you know, back in the old days, and I can say this because I'm older, um, you used to flush it down the toilet. That's what you were told to do with unwanted medication. And, and uh, so now what we're trying to do is educate people, number one, not to do that, Right. Number two, not to, you know, that, that perhaps a landfill isn't the best place for uh, unwanted medications from the perspective that, you know, the material degrades, it gets in the leachate, the leachate then can, could get into the groundwater or it goes back to a wastewater treatment plant where it could get into our water supply, et cetera. So we are uh, starting to work with communities on um, uh, what we call residential collection programs, and and again, each state is a little different, so I have to be really generic here. But but right. working with a third party, such as uh, the local pharmacy or the local police department, someone who is already dealing with um, with medications, who can uh, or is willing to accept them from the homeowner. And then that material is brought over to our our combustion facilities, where we then take it through our process, and and uh, actually get a little heating value out of it. Um, well, and, and I want to give a big, big, big shout out right now. Anybody who is a member of the Parent Teacher Association (PTA), listen up, listen close, and anyone who is affiliated in any way with an elected official, please listen up. This is a huge issue. Um, studies are showing that our rivers, our waterways, our fresh water are being contaminated with pharmaceuticals. And before we all get, you know, caught up in a public policy setting process that, you know, could be muddled, confused, please let's think about integrating Covanta Energy into the solution. Um, this is a safe way to do it. This is an effective way to do it. And um, I, I'm really hoping that what you just said, Meg, will resonate and ripple throughout the country because I know that a lot of local, state, and federal lawmakers and public policy setters are wrestling with this very issue right now. And they really need to know that Covanta Energy has a solution. So uh, I, we, may, we may have a whole show on this one of these days to talk about water quality and heating pharmaceuticals out of the waste stream. But I really appreciate what Covanta Energy is doing. You, you, you serve so many purposes in the communities in which you're in, but this issue I think is going to be a really huge issue in the next few years and a, and a great solution that you're already working on. So I, I, as a mom and as a child advocate and, you know, an environmentalist myself, I want to thank you guys for being out on front of that. You know, we've only got about a minute and a half left of the show. And so, Meg, I'm going to ask you a really, really simple question, probably the, the simplest of the entire show. Uh, with all the benefits that we've talked about to energy from waste, why isn't there a Covanta energy plant in every community? <laughs> it seems like there ought to be. Well, actually, I, th I think that's the hardest question um, <laughs> because, because I don't know. Um, uh, I do know. I, I think a lot of it is uh, there's some old perceptions out out there that are still floating around uh, that that uh, energy from waste is not safe. Uh, that's not true. That it's not renewable. 
That's not true. So there's there's a lot of misinformation that is 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 out on and and it's just it's an educational process, Jill. That um, you know, which was one of the reasons way back when uh, that that I thought you had hit the nail on the head with the Go Green initiative, which is to get education, everyday environmental education into schools, not as a curriculum, but as a, a kind of a lead by example and get the information into the schools on a regular basis because if our, if our children aren't educated, starting in kindergarten right up through their PhDs, <laughs> then we have to try and educate them as adults. And and as, as a recycler, I've been trying to educate them now for 25 years, and I've had some success uh, when it comes to recycling, um, but not as much success as I personally would like. Well, so and I want to thank education. you for trying, Meg. And quite frankly, Go Green Radio, sponsored by Covanta Energy over the past you know year and a half or so, has helped to educate a lot of adults, and we want to thank you for that. I'm afraid we've reached the end of our time this week, but uh, folks will be right back in the same place at the same time next week with more Go Green Radio. So tune in and be well. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.